learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to season three of She Leads podcast, leadership empowerment for women of color. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Kelsey Nicole Nelson is a leading broadcast journalist, public relations and marketing specialist, and event host. As a freelance sports reporter and anchor, Kelsey has covered some of the top sporting events on a local, state, and national level professionally for four years. Even at a young age, Kelsey continues to grow her brand as a journalist and has become a well-known personality in the area. Kelsey is a 2014 graduate of the Philip H. Morrell College of Journalism at the University of Maryland College Park. During her undergraduate career, she received her certificate in African-American studies and her bachelor's of arts degree in broadcast journalism. In April 2016, Kelsey received her MPS degree in sports industry management with a concentration in strategic marketing, communications, and digital media from Georgetown University. Before attending college, Kelsey was a standout student at Clarksburg High School in Clarksburg, Maryland. Kelsey was born and raised in Montgomery County, Maryland. She is a proud DMV native. Growing up, Kelsey was always strong in academics, earning academic scholarships to attend college and spent a great deal of time participating in community service and in athletics. Currently, Kelsey works as a freelance sports reporter where she has become a fixture in the Washington DC sports scene. She is commonly seen and heard on Fox Sports Radio, 1340 AM and 96.1 FM, where she hosts her own radio show, Listen In with KNN. This is the station's flagship show. For Fox Sports Radio, Kelsey covers all the professional teams throughout the greater Washington area, including the Washington Redskins, Washington Wizards, Baltimore Orioles, Maryland Harpins, Georgetown Hoyas, and more. This year, Kelsey was awarded by the Next Generation Entertainment Awards as the best on-air personality for her work with her show. Her radio work doesn't end there as she also works as a co-host for Inside the MFL on DC Radio. In addition to these responsibilities, Kelsey is a sideline reporter for the Big East Digital Network covering Georgetown University's women's basketball team during the season. Kelsey also works as a sports host and correspondent for the DKN Sports Network apart from the DC office of cable television, film, music, and entertainment. Kelsey also writes for Black Sports Online and works as a reporter for Jeff Power TV Productions. Kelsey has appeared on WHUR 
106.7, The Fan, other Radio 1 shows, The Tony Perkins Show, The Butch McAdams Show, America Speaks, The Marketing Pulpit, The Will Walker Show, and other top shows across the country. Kelsey was recently featured in the Legends of Texas football documentary that aired on Fox Sports Southwest. She also is a common fixture as a host and analyst on the Round Ball Report and the Sideline Report on Prince George's Community Television. Kelsey has also covered premier sporting events such as the NBA Finals, the Quicken Loans National Golf Tournament, and championship ceremonies at the White House honoring winning sports teams. Kelsey has been invited to numerous events to announce games. One of the highlights of her announcing career came when she served as a guest announcer for the 2017 City Open. When Kelsey is not reporting, Kelsey also speaks to youth about the importance of education through her community action project. Books Breaking Borders, Books to End Educational Bankruptcy, where her aim is eliminating illiteracy and the achievement gap in minority communities. For her work, Kelsey has received many leadership and community awards, as well as citations. In 2016, Kelsey was awarded as the 2016 Phenomenal Woman of the Year from Be There magazine. And in 2017, she was an honoree for the WKYS Top 30 Under 30 2017 class. From being a top sports reporter and advancing women and minorities in sports, Kelsey also recently completed her reign as Miss African American United 2016, where her platform was improving the public education system ending bullying and highlighting her All Women Are Beautiful campaign to improve self-esteem in young girls. Before her national reign, Kelsey was previously Miss Maryland African American United and Miss Teen Maryland African American United. Today, Kelsey hosts many events and serves as a motivational speaker. Kelsey also currently works as a volunteer for Richard Wright Public Charter School for Journalism and Media Arts, as well as many other nonprofit organizations. Kelsey also was most recently appointed to the Most Valuable Kids Nonprofit Board. In her spare time, Kelsey enjoys traveling, writing poetry, and performing spoken words, spending time with family, and giving back to the community. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Okay, so Kelsey, I read your bio and I love your passion for and strides in journalism as well as your giving heart in the empowerment of women, minorities, and the youth. You are definitely a multifaceted woman, so kudos to you for that. Oh, thank you so much for your kind words. I truly appreciate that. You're welcome. So Kelsey, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to be a guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Yeah, I'm honored to be on. Anytime it's Black Girl Magic going around, I'm happy to be there. I love it. Just uplifting and, you know, our sisters and it's good. I think we all deserve to support each other and give each other the recognition. 
Yes, I totally agree with you. Okay, so now let's talk about leadership. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yes. I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Kelsey? I completely agree. And can you tell us why you feel this way? Sure. So I think the word leader, and it's a conversation I have a lot, especially with my journalism accolades, especially with athletes. And I think right now we're living in a time where this term leader is getting thrown around. And I think sometimes people are thrown into leadership that don't think they are leaders. And I think we need to think about it. A leader is just anyone I think that can impact anybody. And if you think about it, that can be as simple as you being a parent and your kids looking up to you as the leader of their household, uh, the leader and their provider. Or of course, it could be a teacher. You lead your students. It could be a firefighter leading others um, into battle right now. We see the cal- I mean, we see so many things happening with leaders. And even in my journey, I, it's sometimes crazy to me, but I people reach out to me all the time to be my mentees and things like that. So I think being a leader just means that you know others are looking onto your actions and you try to live the right actions um, to hopefully lead others in a positive way. So I think that's anybody because no matter who you are or where you are, you are impacting someone even if you do not know it. Yes, I totally agree with you. They like to say someone's always watching, right? Right. Okay, so Kelsey, can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and who or what helped you to come to this realization? Sure. So that's a great question. So I think I realized I was a leader very early on. Um, I've always had a very bubbly, extroverted personality. A lot of people have always gravitated to me. In school, you know, I was always a leader of group projects. I like to get stuff done. So yes, I was that bossy person that assigned everybody something and got mad when they didn't do it on time. I was always uh, very active in student groups. I was over my high school yearbook. I was over newspaper. I think everything that I've been in, I've always strived for that leadership position. Uh, just because I like delegating. I like helping others accomplish a task. I mean, I also think as a leader, I like stepping back and learning from others. I think at an early age, I realized that probably when I first started daycare, um, my parents put me in. I was a leader. Like if there wasn't games that I liked in daycare, I know I was complaining, <laughs> asking uh, for the teachers to bring it on or bring it there. So I think leadership is, is recognized. It depends on you. But I think for me, I recognized it very early on. And I think it's because it's something my parents instilled in me uh, to always be a leader and not a follower. Okay. Thanks for that. I like that. And I, I like you said, a keyword. I like the fact that you even recognize that you were a leader early on because a lot of people don't. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love your term bossy, right? Because I remember people always calling me <laughs> bossy, you know, but I never knew that that meant yeah. So I love how we're changing the <laughs> words that we use, you know, and empowering our people. Yes. Because, you know, when they call you bossy, it pretty much probably means you have great leadership qualities. Exactly, exactly. Take, take charge of it and own it. I think, you know, and it, it has a new connotation to it. So be glad to be that person. Exactly, exactly. And you said another key thing, which was uh, as far as you, when you saw games were missing in school and you wanted them there. So to me, leaders find gaps, you know, and close Mm -hmm. those gaps. So that was great for you to be doing that in preschool. I'm like blown away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's always started early on. And it's so funny because I stay in touch with a lot of my former teachers and like when they see me now, they're like, we always knew we could tell from an early age because you were always that person. So, you know, it's a characteristic, I think, that follows you throughout the rest of your life. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my Mm -hmm. experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Kelsey, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? Yeah, sure. That's a wonderful question. Cult of leadership. I think they can have many varying definitions, but I guess 
Um, in terms of me, I think especially in media and a field where me and you are in this field, but we don't always see so many people that look like us in our field. I think my cult of leadership currently has been trying to advance minority voices um, in media, particularly I'm in the sports field. It's a field that we see a lot of black girl magic, but not enough. Um, it's not a level playing field. It's not an equal playing field. Um, so it's something that I've been through leadership trying to continue to grow. And I face my own obstacles as a leader. Um, but I think one of the best skills you get as a leader is the skill of problem solving. And I'm telling anyone out there that's looking for a job, if you have a good problem solving skill set, you will no longer need a job. Every single job industry needs problem solvers. And it's something that might be challenging for some. I think as a leader, sometimes you make risky decisions. I think even my career, I know my parents, when I first went to be a sports journalist, they were kind of scared. They're like, you know, it's, it's journalism. It's now job security. We see this each and every day uh, with media companies downsizing, especially with uh, technology changing. But a leader, I think, sees something that they believe in and they go after it and they accept the road that will be winded and the obstacles and they know all the roadblocks will come, but they always find ways to get over those times, get over those things that delay them and find a way to get to the promised land. And I think it's something that uh, in media, I think it'll be something I follow my whole life. I don't think the problems will be solved in my lifetime with diversity um, in media, even though I have hopes that they will. But as a leader, you always have to find innovative ways uh, to fill voids. And I think that's what's important. So I guess my cult of leadership, especially right now in media, is making sure that women, especially women of color, um, have their voices heard. And not that we only have a seat at the table, but have a seat at the table are listened to, put our input in, and also are able to ask questions and receive feedback. Okay. Thank you for that. I love what you said. <laughs> Some of the things that stood out to me the most was um, your code of leadership being problem solving, understanding that leaders mm -hmm. solve problems. We're here for the advancement of minorities, being a minority. You know, we should stand for our people. And I love that. Right. Especially for women. I love your not only have a seat at the table, but be listened to. And, you know, because, yes, we've had seats. You know, there's always seemed to be one woman somewhere or another, you know, at the table. Right. But are they listened to and are they paid attention to? And is what they say taken into consideration and account? So that is a great great code of leadership. Exactly. Yes. And I hope that we continue to make, well, I know we will continue to make strides yes. and, and positivity. <laughs> yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, mm -hmm. I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Kelsey, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Sure. So I'll actually go back to the lesson I learned back when I was a youth at the Boys and Girls Club. So growing up, I was not the richest. You know, my parents, they struggled, but they made a way for me. And I, I am where I am today. And I remember one of my uh, former teachers would always tell me, like, when they call you at-risk youth, turn it around and make sure you know that you're at risk of greatness. Um, so I take that lesson and I put that to failures. I loved it. And it's something that I always tell kids now, even because it's like we, we constantly box kids into this and tell them that they can't do certain things. No, you have to turn it around because if that gets in your mind early on, it limits your possibilities. And of course, we don't want that. And I think the same thing of failures. I think of failures as something that I see as lessons learned. I'm not anywhere close to where I want to be in terms of what I want to do with the world, but I know it's a journey. And I, I, I think I've had setbacks. I'll probably use that word for failures. But again, every setback was a lesson I learned. If I didn't get it, it probably wasn't the opportunity for me. And I've learned from that opportunity how to get other opportunities. You can't look at failures as something to just stop your dream. I think you have to look at failures as God's sign of telling you, guess what? That wasn't for you, but there's something even greater. So I look at them as setbacks, but an opportunity to grow overall. So I think failures, we have to start twisting around and seeing that no one truly is a failure. 
it just wasn't for you. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And I do like your, I believe words are very important and the words we use Mm -hmm. and what we believe does shape our life. So I love that. It's not a failure. It's a setback. And we use that setback Mm -hmm. to propel us forward. So thanks. Exactly. Okay. So Kelsey, can you share one time you failed as a leader or was set back as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? Sure. So I think there's many examples. One that comes instantly to mind, I think right now we're living in a forever changing culture. And I actually have a friend who identifies as transgender. And I was trying to help her with finding support groups and things of that nature where she felt more accepted. She didn't feel accepted in everyday society. And so I think to me, I tried to lead something that I wasn't very knowledgeable in. And I had to get a wake up call on the lesson and learning the difference gender identity things, gender identity terms to use, learn about that community, learn uh, what makes them stronger, what they want to be called, how they want to be identified. So it took a lot of me also, not just telling my friend to go to certain classes, but also me going as well with her to learn myself. So I knew how to um, properly target uh, the situation and of course help her make sure that there were resources for her to make sure that she could be comfortable um, living within the Washington DC area. And so like I said, as a leader, I think I had to really step back and listen. I think sometimes as a leader, you sometimes want to run with problems very quickly, but sometimes you have to really step back and make sure you understand the full problem before you can go to solving it. So that was something that I had to learn because I wanted to make sure I wasn't making anybody feel uncomfortable with the terms that I used. And I thought I knew a lot, but for instance, I had thought it was the LGBT community, but then they told me that it's LGBTQ, which can stand for queer or questioning. And that was something I had to learn. You know, I didn't know it was offensive me not saying the Q. But now as a leader, we try to find resources, me and my friend together, to make sure that there are opportunities for those individuals uh, to make sure they have safe places, or safe zones, as they like to call them, um, in the community, where they can just kind of de- decompress and de-stress and just talk about the struggles they go through and find ways to solve them. So I think as a leader, that was a time I failed. But again, it was a setback. But again, I don't like to use the word failure, but it was a way for me to really learn about a community that I didn't know much about. And now today, I consider myself an ally of the community and one that's constantly, constantly, constantly learning. Because I think another thing as a leader, you have to see that things don't stay the same. They're always changing. So you always have to be a lifelong learner because otherwise you won't be able to lead. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes, I wholeheartedly believe in being a lifelong learner. And I do agree with you that we don't know what we don't know, right? So Mm -hmm. failures or setbacks are our opportunities to learn so that we can be knowledgeable in those areas and help effectively. I love the way you just wanted to go in and help though, you know, but then you, you know, you had to basically learn what you didn't know. Right. Be more effective in your helping. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. That was a different perspective of a story. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> sure. I try to get as personal as I can. I think, you know, when you're when you show that you're personal, you can be more vulnerable. And I think that's the only way we can all learn together. Yes, yes, I agree. Okay. So Kelsey, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I am, I guess I'm definitely a feminist. I'll put that off the task, but I think it's definitely, I want to say harder. And I want to be careful though with why I say that. I think it's harder to be a female in this ecosystem in which we are because unfortunately, unfortunately, we see that women are not still seen as the same. I mean, I can go back to the last presidential election. There were some people, no matter what your political beliefs are, who would not vote for Hillary Clinton simply because she's a woman. 
no matter if they thought she was a good leader um, or not. And we see this time and time again right now, especially in the sports realm. You know, all the times when there's job applications or open coaching uh, jobs, everyone automatically thinks male. A male leader needs to lead a sports team, right? They're supposed to be tough and gritty and stuff like that. But there's so many qualified women candidates as well that simply because of their gender will not get the same look. And I think we see this in countless fields. In STEM fields, we see not enough women there. In sports fields, we see not enough women. In uh, corporate America, we see women not getting the same attention and still in 2018, 2019, we see so many women still being the first. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. But again, it's because people have some problem with simply because of something like gender, um, seeing women lead. They think for some reason, women, a lot of times the emotional intelligence is brought up. And if women are too emotional to be leaders, and that bothers me so much because I don't think it's wrong to have emotional intelligence. I don't think it's wrong to be emotional. That can actually help you. Um, as a leader. And I think our, our definition of leadership, unfortunately, all the terms and traits that the status quo seem to be male driven. So I think as a female, you do always have to work harder and prove yourself twice as much to be leading in fields predominantly where there has been male uh, generated fields, right? But I, I don't think it's anything that's bad. I think as females now, we're teaching our daughters to be strong, to be tough, and to fight for it, fight for what you want. But I think in today's society, unfortunately, um, it's still harder to be a woman leader. Okay, thank you for that. Yes, and I do agree, you know, and I am a very optimistic person. Like, I don't like to have pity parties or anything. So I definitely understand mm-hmm. the way you shaped your answer where it's like, we're not crying about it. We're just calling a space, so to say. We're calling it as, right. it, as it has been, you know, and also taking recognition of how, you know, things are changing slowly but surely. I love how you, you know, are bringing a different aspect in as far as the sports field because I even, myself being a woman, I still kind of like it's weird mm-hmm. for me when I see the women on the sports fields or on the basketball fields and they're interviewing the players. I still can't wrap my yeah. head around that completely because that's something that just started to happen, you know? So mm-hmm. we're, you know, so right. being a woman is still kind of strange for me to see because we haven't been exposed to that over the years. So I definitely agree with you where, you know, it has been harder and the tides are changing and we are empowering our daughters to understand that we can and know that we will be the leaders that we were created to be. So thank you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Mm -hmm. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a Mm -hmm. successful leader, this is a must. Kelsey, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Yeah, productivity. That's a good question as well. All these great questions. Uh, productivity, I think, <laughs> I think depends on the person. I think for what I think we look at so many other people. It seems like sometimes it probably seems like so many other people are doing so much more than you. But that's the first thing I say. You cannot compare yourself to anybody else because your situation and your journey um, is completely different. So I'll say that off the back. But I think you do always have to be proactively being productive. I think that's why this term entrepreneur is getting used more and more and more because I think people are seeing they're sick and tired of the status quo and people are wanting to be productive in what they want to do. So now we see more and more people starting their own startup businesses. And some, as we see, um, are becoming very successful. And before we know it, they're on the New York Stock Exchange. But I think with productivity, I think the best way to do this is to really understand your skill set. Know what you're good at and own it, right? Because then you can be very productive. I think sometimes you might have people trying to be productive in um, like 10 different things and they might be really good at four. 
So I think their productivity kind of lessens because you'll spend more time focusing on your weaknesses than your strengths. And I think in society, we need to focus more on our strengths uh, than our weaknesses. And this is not to say don't try to make your weaknesses stronger, but it's, it's saying to really, when you're good at something, be really good at it, be an expert in it, and again, own it. Because then I think your productivity levels will continue to rise. For instance, if you're a good cook, now is the time to not just be a cook in the kitchen, right? You, you can be, make a cookbook. Um, you can start a GoFundMe maybe if you need backing for that. Um, there's just so many different ways. You can start a Facebook page. You can start a YouTube channel. You can do short vignettes on Instagram. There's a lot of different ways you can be productive and use your skill set to grow yourself and grow your brand. I don't think it's a hard thing to do. If you're really good at multitasking, even better because then you find ways to multiply your income per se and things, again, that you're really good at. So I think the way to be productive is, again, understand your skill set. Be very good at what you do. Be an expert in that because then that will make you, that will put you in a unique niche place. And I think it will only enable you to be the most productive that you can be. Okay. Thanks for that. I love what you said, basically understanding your skill set and owning where your strengths are. You know, I do agree with you. Try to focus on being a Jane of all trades, so to say, whereby... Mm -hmm that may take away from our overall greatness, you know, when we need to just focus on those things that are our strengths so that we can continue to be strong and continue to be great. So yes, I do agree. Thank Mm -hmm. you for that. Okay. Yeah. So Kelsey, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Sure. That's a great question. I'm actually going to go back to high school. In high school, I went overseas for the first time. I was I turned 16 in Europe, of all places, and I went overseas as a people-to-people student ambassador. Um, I went to Italy, France, England, and Monaco, and I was there for three weeks. Um, and it was a life-changing experience. I know people always say to travel, but I cannot emphasize that enough. I think as a leader, until you've seen as much as the world as you can, it's very hard for you to have that cultural competence and cultural understanding and kind of the real world examples because you have more to pick and choose from. So going over there, I think I saw a culture that was very different than the U.S. I'll be honest with you, quite frankly, as a leader, I was kind of scared to go to Europe. I was told there was more racism and stuff over there. But mind you, when I got over there, it was the complete opposite. And I think I was one of three black girls well, there were three black girls on the trip, and most of the people I went on the trip with identified as Caucasian or white. But, and also, I will say, when I went over there, I guess I had a lot of assumptions. And I say this to say as a leader, you kind of have to break down assumptions and any bias that you might have so you can really have a full understanding and a full experience. And from living in Europe, one of the best things um, I had to do was live with a homestay family who had no electricity. I know this is hard for people to believe. Whenever I tell this story, everyone's like, looks at me like I'm crazy. Like, how did you survive? You should see my eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine, like, literally, I saw, like, they had a son, like, chopping up the wood, putting it into the stove, having to light uh, the fire, even making a cup of tea. You know, you had to put the pan with the hot water over the fire. Wow. So I, with that experience, literally, I think taught me re- what's really important in life. And I think in today's world where we're so attached to our cell phones, and don't get me wrong, believe me, I am one of those people. But I also know if the power goes out, if there's a bad snowstorm or something, uh, that there's another day that you can get through this and that there are other ways for you to still be successful in what you need to do. It, created, it taught me how to be innovative. It taught me how to break down any pre-biases I had. Even my homestay family, they only spoke French. I can speak not probably one word in French, which is mercy. Um, and so, of course, even talking and communicating with them. I didn't know sign language well, but I had to learn how to sign for different things that I needed 
for me to be able to successfully live with them. So I think that experience taught me that with leadership, you have to be the innovative part of leadership. I think I saw through that, right? Like I could have simply been, for instance, they cut, they ate a lot of cheeses. I'm not, I like cheese, but I'm not big into the big blocks of cheese. <laughs> this is a funny example, but I had to find ways to tell them, no, I don't like that. Can I have something else? And then they actually laughed about it because to them, you know, everybody eats, they, everyone loves cheese. Um, it was kind of something that we laugh about even today when we still send postcards back and forth. Um, but yeah, I think the innovative part is what I learned. Not having electricity, that for some people probably would have been a deal breaker and they might have tried to go back home the next day on, a, on an airplane flight, but I had to find ways to still be able to do the tasks that I need to do. Still find ways to connect with this family. Still find ways to learn uh, with this family using, we went to the market and got fresh foods and, you know, we used salt, for instance, to preserve. Like it sounded like I was in like wow. medieval times, but this yes. is still the way the family was living. So it taught me a lot. So when I came back home, I realized for one, um, I began to cherish stuff that I had began taking for granted. And then also, too, I really learned, again, that you cannot have pre-biases when you go into something, even though we all have them. Uh, you have to try as much as you can to break them down because it will impact your learning curve. Um, and from Europe, still to this day, I took so many life uh, lessons home that I still use today. And again, this is when I was 16, so this was 10 years ago. But still today, I, I take every lesson I learn and I, I try to travel as much as I can into the world because you learn so many different things from traveling. I've learned new ways to cook. Um, I probably never, I walk a lot in Europe. I've never walked as much um, as I did there, but it's a healthy lifestyle. It, it was a different way to live. So I would probably go back to that because um, it was the first time again that I went overseas and I got to really see something that was different from my situation in America. That is awesome. I love that. Yes. And I'm a advocate for travel as well. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. But your story reminded me, I think when I was younger, I went to up to Massachusetts and they kind of yeah. did a remembrance of the pilgrims and, you know, the pilgrimage. So they showed you where the people had to make milk and make things like that, you know, and live that kind of life. It was no refrigerator and they had to pack with ice and I think even put it in the ground mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. So, yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. Okay. Wow. Yes. Yes. And it does impact you to think like if people were able to exist, you know, and, and this, I mean, this was like telling us about years and years ago, but for your experience to be so recent, you know, I mean, even 10 years, that's still recent considering all of the, you know, strides that we have in the world that they don't have to live that way. Well, you would right. think they don't, but yet they do, you know, so kind of, yeah, what's really important and what's not. So that is awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Kelsey, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? Yeah, that's great. That's really a good question. The best advice for leaders, so many tidbits um, advice. I guess I'll kind of put two into one. For one, I just say be vulnerable. Um, that's something that I had to learn from one of my mentors. I, I always thought on social media or when I talked to people that I had to be perfect, right? Um, I had to look like everything was fine and nothing bad was going on. But I learned when you're vulnerable, you really open yourself up to new emotions and you learn from that. So it's okay to put that you had a bad day out there. I talked to somebody about that. It's okay to put a Facebook post up if you're looking for a job right now. I um, mean, you're going through tough times. You never know. Someone might be on that post commenting about a job that they have or one that they know open. Um, so I think as leader, one, vulnerability is, is very important. And it's one of the hardest things to, things to do because I think we're taught early on that being vulnerable um, is something that's bad and something that can come back to us and something that's a weakness. 
that's the complete, it's not the truth. And I think my other advice with vulnerability is being able to listen. I think sometimes as leaders, we can get so stuck in our mindset and that what we think is right. But as a leader, you have to make sure you're listening to your community or people that are involved in the situation or whatever. You have to make sure the stakeholders have a voice too and make sure that you get as much input as possible to make an informed decision. I think a lot of times when you're talking, listening is a, listening is a skill that's sometimes forgotten and one that, one that we're not always taught. So I think being vulnerable and being able to be a listener are two very, very, very good skills that will serve people well. And again, when you listen, listening is a true skill that you have to practice because sometimes they'll be talking to somebody and if you ask them what you said, they won't be able to to repeat back to you. Active listening. So that active listening is very crucial and very important. It's just like being in a classroom. You could be in a classroom, but not really paying attention to your professor. And then that pop quiz comes next class and you don't know what to do. He might have said something that might help you solve that problem or something like that. But being an active listener is something that will serve a leader very, very, very well and I think help connect them. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. I do definitely agree that vulnerability as well as listening are great tips for our our listeners. And I do agree with even with being vulnerable. I know that for me, listening can be a struggle, you know, and I have to continue to teach myself and continue to refocus myself, right? Because I think I have like or have suffered with like a touch of ADHD, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like sometimes we go through things where it's not even our fault that it's an issue, but you have to overcome whatever obstacles are in your way to continue to be your best self and be a successful leader, you know, whereby your weaknesses, you know, you figure out how to work around them, you know, and and turn them upside down, so to say, or make them work for you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thanks for sharing. So you've made it to the finish line. How do you feel? I feel fabulous. This was fun. I feel like time went so quickly. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love when people say that. Okay. Well, Kelsey, thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Yeah, sure. So I will give my contact information. That's where I am good at posting everything upcoming that is new that I'm doing or one that I think will benefit the overall community. So to keep connected with me, they can visit my website at www.kelseynicolenelson.com. And since there's so many variations of my first name, that's K-E-L-S-E-Y, KelseyNicolenelson.com. And I'm on Twitter, um, Instagram, Snapchat, at the real K Nelson. That's T H E R E A L K Nelson. Um, and then on Facebook, just put in my full name, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, and be sure to like my fan page. And I'm pretty easy to connect to. It has uh, my email and phone number. You can connect to me through my social media pages. I'm looking forward to staying connected with everybody. Okay. Thank you, Kelsey. We appreciate your insight today. Perfect. Thank you for having me again. So You're much welcome. fun. It's a true pleasure. I really enjoyed this interview with Kelsey, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Kelsey's suggestion to shift our mindset and use negativity in a positive way to keep going and keep thriving in spite of our circumstances. When the odds are stacked against us, it can be easy to believe the narrative that is being spread and settle for the path that is expected for our lives. It takes power and courage to rise above the norms and shatter statistics. 
This really hits home for me, being a teenage mother. I was not expected to graduate college, become a homeowner, not rely on public assistance, and et cetera, et cetera. Taking it even a step further, my daughter was not expected to go to college and not be a teenage parent herself, considering where she came from. Our start does not determine our ending unless we allow it to. I love how one of Kelsey's mentors changed the term at-risk youth to at-risk for greatness youth. This is exactly the mindset needed to change the landscape. I admire Kelsey's courage to enter a male-dominated industry and successfully make her impact. Women provide a unique angle that deserves to be exposed. It takes people like Kelsey that are willing to step into uncharted waters and create the lane needed for other women to follow. I often find myself in places where I am one of few women and one of very few women of color. Although this bothers me, I have not let this deter me from taking advantage of the opportunities and making my mark where I can. Women matter and are equally as important in any industry. Do not let being one of few stop you from pursuing what sets your soul on fire. I can relate to Kelsey's revelation about what's really important in life by being exposed to the lives of those who survive and thrive with less, as I have been exposed to the same and definitely appreciate this insight. From my experiences, those who have less financially often have more emotionally. Learning to appreciate the little things and focus on quality time and experiences is a priceless asset, which can be overlooked in the pursuit of financial comfort. A quote by Michael P. Watson reads, you will never get what you want until you are thankful for what you have. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Kelsey mentioned the importance of being vulnerable by opening up personally, as we will learn from this challenge. When we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, we are exposed to the possibility of being attacked internally and externally. People avoid being vulnerable out of the fear of being judged, being hurt, or failing. Alternatively, being vulnerable helps to build intimacy in relationships, increases self-worth, aids in innovation and motivation, provokes compassion, and calls for accountability. Being vulnerable takes courage, builds character, and can help another person going through a similar situation. I will make it my business to continue to put myself out there and be vulnerable. As I know, regardless of the results, doing so is ultimately building my character and helping others. My personal mission is to learn and to teach, and being vulnerable helps me to achieve my personal mission. A quote by Brene Brown reads, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. Are you struggling with your leadership effectiveness personally or professionally? 
Can you use some help in attaining the goals you have set for yourself, your team, or your company? Do you know what it takes to hit the mark, but need some accountability to get there? My leadership challenge for you is to get out of your own way and reach out to Nicole Walker Network today. Nicole Walker Network is here to help you be successful. Email Nicole Walker Network at info at NicoleWalker.net to set up your personal consultation and continue on your path to greatness. You are already a great person. With Nicole Walker Network, you can become even better. Follow us on Facebook at She Leads Podcast and Nicole Walker Network. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nicole underscore Walker underscore network. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this episode of She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment with Kelsey Nicole Nelson. And check out the She Leads Podcast discussion group on Facebook to see what the hot topics are for this week and let us know your views and takeaways from this episode. Thanks, and until next time, be empowered and empower on.